0: Hello and welcome to Inside Music, episode number 70. I'm your host, James Shotwell, and we have a heck of a show for you today. My buddy Cam from Sorority Noise is on the show to discuss his band's new EP, It Kindly Stopped For Me, which arrives April 22nd through Top Shelf Records. Now, anyone familiar with the alternative music world has no doubt heard the name Sorority Noise by now. The band's last full-length record, Joy Departed, was one of the biggest albums of 2015, and It Kindly Stopped For Me, in comparison, is a much smaller release. There are only four tracks on the album. It runs well under 20 minutes in length, but I swear to you, It Will Break Your Heart. These four songs are Cam's way of not only dealing with and addressing, but working through the death of several loved ones in his life. And it's written in such a personal way that it is almost uncomfortable to listen to at times. But I swear to you, you absolutely need to hear this record. Of all the albums I've heard so far in 2016, few, if any, hit the emotional depths of It Kindly Stopped for me. And I knew as soon as I heard the record that we had to have Cam on the show to discuss the album's inspiration, the message of the songs, and everything else going on in their world. Because honestly, there are very few bands that know what it's like to be in the position of sorority noise right now. The release of Joy Departed in 2015 established the group as something of a leader in a certain realm of alternative music. And now there are all these expectations that people have kind of thrusted upon them that I was curious whether or not Cam feels any pressure from. I don't want to give away too much about the conversation, but we talk a lot about not just the material on this record, but everything the band is doing and the responsibility they feel to the fans and the people who have supported them up to this point. We also dig a little into life and even existentialism. So, I mean, when you write an album about death, it's hard not to talk about our relationship with it and how it affects all of us all the time. But don't worry, it's not a downer of an episode. It's a fun one, actually. We talk about jazz, Chet Baker, music. I'm really impressed with how this conversation came out, and I wanted to get it out before the band released their EP this Friday. But if you haven't heard It Kindly Stopped for Me yet, feel free to pause this episode, head to thefader.com, and listen to the world premiere stream, which is available right now. Yes, right now as you're listening to this. The album is out there in the world. It can be heard, and it deserves to be. So please, please make it a point to do that. And if you have the money, buy a copy for yourself, a loved one, or both of you, as well as as many other friends as you can afford to give music to. They'll thank you, I'll thank you, the band will thank you. Before we get to the show, however, I need to tell you about our sponsor. This episode of Inside Music, just like every episode of Inside Music, is only made possible by Holix, the music industry's leading digital promotional distribution platform. And what that means is that Holix works with record labels, independent artists, managers, and publicists from all over the world to share new and unreleased music with members of the industry at large without fear of piracy. Should leaks occur, Holix has state-of-the-art technology that not only prevents the spread of unwanted files online but also tracks down the people responsible for the leaks. For more information on Holix and access to a free 30-day trial, visit holix.com. That's h a u Lix.com, And this show is only possible because Holic believes in what we're doing here and believes in the power of talking about music. So please, H-A-U-L-I-X.com. Sign up for your free trial today. I also want to ask that you follow the show on Twitter. Yes, Inside Music Pod has its own Twitter account, and we have a lot of fun things going on there. We share insight into the music industry, advice columns, and lots of talk about who's going to be on the show in the future. Our, our handle is at Inside Music Pod. That's at Inside Music P-O-D follow us, join the conversation. And finally, even though I've already mentioned it two or three times now, buy the new Sorority Noise EP. It Kindly Stopped For Me is available this Friday, April 22nd, and it is incredible. I have no doubt in my mind that it will make many people's best of 2016 list, and it will probably make yours as well. So make time and give it a chance. Now, I don't have any music from the album to put into this podcast because there's only four tracks, and I kind of wanted to keep them special because I feel like they need to be heard as a whole. So instead, I'm going to play a song from Joy Departed, the last Sorority Noise release, and then we'll get to the conversation. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for your continued support, and please enjoy the show. Started using again.
1: Left my heart in Rocky Hill, hole burning in my head Needed a distraction from my head Devil on my shoulder, said try this instead So started using again Started sleeping again Traded late nights and sheep for my good The guilt burning in my chest Sleeping again. Stop wishing I
2: was dead. Learn to love myself before anyone else become more than just
0: a burden. I-, I do like to make him seem mythical.
1: Yeah, he is <laughs> mythical. I wanted to make him a shirt that said like just like me IRL and then like you'd have to wear it, but he he would never wear that and it would be a waste of my money, so I haven't I'm pulled the trigger on that idea yet.
0: Even though Property of Zach is long dead, he's still, like, my number one source for sorority noise news. He seems to, like, follow... Uh-huh. He tweets almost as fast as you guys do about your own news.
1: Well, he's our manager. Yeah, yeah,
0: no, I I know. Uh,
1: I, I find it funny. I just funny. don't... <laughs> I don't... Yeah, I don't care for, like... It's weird. I did PR for a long time, and I still do it sometimes to help, like, friends find streams and whatnot. But, like, I'm, like... Streaming culture has like, or the streaming world has like kind of gotten to me after I guess being in the field for like a year and a half. I was like, fuck. So, like, yeah, he'll post our streams and stuff before I do because I'm just like, "Eh, I really mostly just want them to hear the whole thing at the same time. (laughs) So, we'll just kind of do what we can. He picks like the singles and all that. So, he honestly knows more about what's going on than I do most of the time. (laughs) Works out.
0: There's some nice inside baseball for people.
2: (laughs) Yeah,
0: <laughs> but you know, you said something right there. that's a good place to start. I do feel like when you release something, you tend to release things that almost work better as a complete body of work as opposed to individual songs.
1: Yeah, I I, I would agree. I think that the intention of the of the of the record would be to be heard in the same moment. Um, I try and make things um, reference each other in like kind of like a, a stream of the way I would think it should be paired in structurally um it's a bit yeah i don't i've never i've never really thought of singles or anything like that um and i remember when but i like obviously you know like you know i guess if like you hear a single you're like that was probably a single like i when i hear a friend's record i'm like well that's that's the hit right there but I like for some reason don't like to think that like you know what I mean, I don't want to put myself in the shoes where any song yeah, yeah. is more important than or more relevant than the others. So it's a weird thing and I just get confused by it a lot. But it it, it goes well and I have no room to complain, so <laughs>
0: I like uh I like when you hear a friend's record and they already have one single out and you can start being like, Oh, so this is where you're going next. Like this these yeah, are the exactly. next two or three songs. Like uh like the yeah. modern the modern baseball records that way. They have those two songs out now, but then there's that one mass that I feel like kids are gonna love.
1: Oh, there's there's a few. I am uh I'm very confident in that. I love that record.
0: It's so it good.
1: Is, <laughs> it's Bangers, bangers on bangers. That song, him. Have you heard that one yet?
0: Yeah, I've heard the whole record, so uh, you haven't gotten to talk is. to anyone about it. So go ahead. That
1: song, him, is that <laughs> song, him, is crushingly beautiful.
0: Yeah, it's it's all. It's, I remember,
1: I remember hearing it for the first time, and when was like, I don't know if I'm spoiling too much, but the this thing, this is the recording thing, right? It is. Yeah, yeah. What are we on mean? record? Okay, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but <laughs> the drums, the part when the drums like are exploding, it's it's phenomenal.
0: <laughs> yeah that's i'm very that's one of the records i'm really excited to see how kids react to because it's it's a little bit different but in like the best possible way
1: best possible way super mature and the step in the perfect direction i think
0: mm. Mm. i you know i guess we should talk about your music
1: <laughs> sure i like to boost my i'd like to i was talking to a friend of mine that also plays music yesterday about how when we do interviews Or talk to people about music that we would be more interested in boosting our friends' music than any like trying to attract the attention from our own (laughs) stuff and just use it to like boost friends' bands we really like.
0: Yes, (laughs) I'm the same way. I always want to talk about what my friends are up to.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: I guess as part of you doesn't find what you're doing ever as interesting as what your friends are doing. There's just like that thing.
1: True. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Um, But I did read your American songwriter interview today. Huge! Thank you so much. That meant that means a lot. That was a really good. That was a really nice big read.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was really. I've never done anything that long, and and uh, it was all we all did it like vocally, so it was, she transcribed it, taking a while. I say the word like a lot, uh-huh. and I think that she did a great job um, <laughs> removing a few of the or a hundred of the likes that I would have said.
0: Sign of a good. I do like so often
1: that I put it in text. Like I'll send a text and be like, "Yo, like, what's up?" And like the like will make it like into the text <laughs> it's kind of confusing when you don't know me at all but then i just say i don't know i say like all the time no i do
0: the same thing I'll, I'll start a sentence in a text with like comma and then the text is if i needed the like to set it up
1: yeah it could have just been it could have been just deleted but yeah. you know it's there because it makes us feel better
0: makes it feel conversational not so alone <laughs>
1: exactly but yeah that was it was really nice emily was super super kind and it was really great to hang out with her
0: now you mentioned in that that you recently did some scoring. You did the MoBo documentary, which people can see now. But what's what's the other thing you scored?
1: I worked on a, a feature film um, uh, that should be premiering this summer. Uh, it's like a ninety minute long film. It's called The Demon I Cling To. It's still coming out last summer, but uh, so I finished last year. And then um, through the MoBo documentaries, I've met some. I have some friends who've always done film and are really great at what they do being, uh, Sam Gersky and Kyle Sprash does all the modern baseball stuff. And, and uh, Johnny Komar and we've talked about possibly doing some more. Cause I really enjoy scoring. And I think it's, uh, I come from like a jazz background. So my music theory knowledge and all that stuff, I guess is like pretty intact, although it doesn't really show in any of my like full band's music. It's just <laughs> like, I would rather rock out than think about a, uh, Neapolitan chord <laughs> and, uh, Neapolitan chords are crazy flat too love it but anyway yeah so I'm just trying to get more involved with that because it's a totally different type of writing and I think all types of music and all aspects of listening to music be it jazz hip-hop rap rock, punk screamo, ska like all of it, it increases your musical ability and your thoughts in each different respective realm you know what I mean? Yeah,
2: like definitely. where would
1: Folly where would Folly be without the specials and have heart mm-hmm. Definitely. that's a little that was a hardcore ska band i just brought up so i hope <laughs> that's okay yeah because they have breakdowns and ska parts and you know you couldn't have had that and they have jazz they have solos, you know all music feeds into each other and i think that if you don't believe that then you need to like because i would go to school i went to school for jazz and i was just like wearing women's jeans and band t-shirts but still solely listening to like chet baker billy Jal Gilberto and Antonio Carlos Jobim, and some kids refused to check out. You know, I would be like, "Yo, you heard the Sonic Youth?" And they were like, "Why would I ever listen to that?" And I'm like, "Well, <laughs> because it would make you a better musician." Yeah. <laughs> They'd be like, "I don't, I don't believe you, but sure." Mm. And so yeah, I think that all, all music definitely is important to have a good compass on all everything going on, so that you can constantly add things that wouldn't matter in your music otherwise.
0: Yeah, I I'm happy you mentioned Chet Baker. There's that there's that Ethan Hawke movie out right now where he plays Chet Baker and I feel like kids are just starting to like get woke to who Chet Baker was and it's it's Dude, nice to Chet see. Chet
1: Baker was a, was is is was brilliant. One of the best voices of all time. We uh one of the songs there was a fifth song on the seven inch we were gonna put out. Um there's probably uh I don't know if to talk about this, but cool. Uh, we were gonna put a fifth song on it, just didn't make it because there wasn't enough time on the seven inch. Yeah, but uh, we covered uh, "Angel Eyes," this old jazz standard.
0: Great. Yeah, I know. I'm, uh, I
1: know it. <laughs> so, and Chet was one of the first people that I heard do it. Um, yeah, it, I hope to get that out eventually because it was just a, a very different arrangement of it, and I just I love jazz. So,
0: now do I'm you, here's a little here's a little jazz talk for you. Do you think Miles Davis really got Chet Baker hooked on heroin? That's like the
1: story. Probably. They were <laughs> they all did a lot of heroin. There was I mean there was stories of Charlie Parker selling his saxophone in front of gigs mm. for heroin to get and then buying a plastic saxophone for like thirty bucks and making some of the most famous jazz recordings he's ever made. So crazy. So yeah, I that that was a time, you know, there was there's stories of that was like in like the like forties, the sixties. Yeah. Jazz was like Jazz was pretty Like it was intense. Like there was like clear lines drawn. Like imagine like same thing with like East, West hip hop in like the 90s. It was very much so there. Like it was a very everyone you had, people you associated yourself with and you worked with those people. And it's reading and learning about the lineage and the history and the language is really something else.
0: Yeah, it's it's one of those things that happened before like mass media cared that much about music. So yeah, they just no, got away with it, it. You were
1: not you were not getting the information that like Charles Mingus punched someone in the face on e- entertainment weekly in the, exactly. during the sixty four tour in Europe he did. So Yeah, all the same.
0: Yeah, well I'm glad... shout out to
1: Eric Dolphy, one of the best saxophone players who also played Mingus' band.
0: You know, we're going to jump ahead in my list of questions here, but I am curious when I'm going to get to hear you play saxophone on something sorority noise oriented.
1: We're working on, I'm actually working on like a jazz record. Uh, I have a bunch of standards that I've written in like pieces. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like Robert Glasper or any of that. Um, trying to put, put a record, put a band together full of like friends in the scene who also play jazz and and are interested in like experimental stuff and put a record out. So hopefully we can record some with that with this summer. And then we will, I would love to put a jazz record out.
0: Yeah, because I, I read that little nugget about you playing saxophone for so long. And I was like, oh, that's got to come up. Like when Sorority know when you guys enter your Springsteen years, it'll come up.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you don't think I know Jungle Land in full, then you are totally mistaken. <laughs> we were listening to him in the van and I was like,
0: bur, bur, bur,
1: just like playing along in my, like with my fingerings. It was great. Springsteen Clarence Clements, a true hero. Mm. A, monument to, a monument to jazz rock.
0: So you're you're the guy who plays air sax, not air guitar.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like really funny. Like, so I had to do this twitching thing, like with my like sometimes when I'm like stressed or anxious or like just walking around, like I'll move my fingers, like, and I never realized like it was something I did a lot. We were in Europe and I was, I, mean, I talked to Ryan and we were all standing around. And I was like, you ever notice this thing I do like with my fingers while I'm standing around? And they're like, yeah, like everyone does. <laughs> like, and and it's actually just like. When I'm hearing a melody or something in my head, because I like feel like I hear music in my head, I like finger the notes of my saxophone like without thinking about it, and then catch myself like with my hands just twitching meaninglessly. Great, <laughs> and it's, it's interesting, it's weird, but it's fun. But Yeah, hopefully very, hopefully very soon.
0: Yeah, that's I, I think that would be interesting. I'm interested to ha- hear how you evolved to where that fits in, but I'm like bring that in, do it.
1: We'll see. I'll let you know.
0: I feel like there was a time when sax existed in rock and roll and it's gone away. It's time to bring it back slowly. Yeah. I played
1: sax with, uh when when we hopped on the Modern Baseball Jeff Rosenstock Time to be store. Makes after, sense. After uh, Stephen from Pub got sick, I got to play nausea with Jeff Rosenstock mm. um, on the sax, which was so much fucking fun. <laughs> I like texted it a picture of me playing saxophone to like my old ska band members. Yeah. Uh, and they were like, with Jeff and we all worship on the music industry of course and they were like dude you've done some fun things since you graduated college but this one is the sickest and I was like you know it's the sickest (laughs) Jeff Rosenstock rules he he really does yeah he's a great he's one of the kindest sweetest people I've ever met Mm, yeah he's like well Go ahead. I don't mean to like dwell on like just like random conversations you have had. No, anything you wanted
0: to get to, we can... Oh no, I'm not in a hurry. You're good. Like we can talk about jazz this whole time. Uh, fans might not care, but I'm I'm in. So, like. <laughs> uh, but okay, we'll talk about it. So so the re- the world got to hear the EP today, right? Because the world premiere was just a few hours ago on Fader. Yeah. How, how do you do? You guys do you give a shit about like who premieres your record? Like is that something that you put a lot of thought into? Like you're like, oh, we have to get blank to do this record, or is it like, oh, it's I'm cool. A-
1: I'm appreciative of anyone that wants to do anything with music. I'm involved in, but I'm not particular.
0: Okay, that makes sense. Like um, you appreciate. So yeah, it, I was yeah. just
1: I was just told that like, hey, Fader's going to premiere this, and I was like, that's awesome. Like, I love the Fader. I have a lot of my friends' music has been on that site, and some of the writers are really cool. It's super nice. So, sounds like a great place to be. Um, I think one time, four or five years ago um we were doing an old gray release and i like kind of like there was some conversation that pitchfork might have been involved might have been interested in premiering one of the songs and then we heard back word back that it was like the song was too dark (laughs) and i was like fuck that's like pinnacle right there like song can't be premiered because it's too like (laughs) too like sad and evil sounding like There we go, and then I really just had no. Then that was all I needed was someone to be like, "This song is just too much," (laughs) and I was (laughs) like, "Dope." And uh, so since then, yeah, I'm just really grateful of anyone that has any interest in doing literally anything with any song. So any like blog that writes about it is just as cool to me as the fader posting it or another video blog giving it a two and a half, you know what I mean, I'm just, anyone that's interested in listening and talking about it afterwards is opening a conversation to more potential people to possibly hear it, and that's just the coolest shit.
0: Definitely. You know, this, this is a weird EP for me, I, I didn't, I mean, I didn't expect you to have something to share with the world this soon, and I'm sure you didn't necessarily plan to either.
1: <laughs> I, di- I, I didn't, we write a lot, or yeah. I write a lot. Just and- constantly? Literally constantly. So like those songs were done and those songs were kind of written in a matter of three days. Um, And then it took some time. Um, The hardest part is recording. It's like getting time when I'm not on tour or not recording other bands or not making some time to see loved ones and friends. That my own personal recording takes kind of a backseat. So we uh, I recorded that in my parents house when I was home for Thanksgiving break. Um, or I guess not going to break anymore. i not go to college, but just home for Thanksgiving. And, uh, okay. and yeah, we, uh, I have like, I don't know. I just, I write a lot and it's, it's not sometimes not for anyone. There's been countless songs just sit on my phone and that's it. And that's where they'll stay forever. Um, but at the time when I was recording, I thought that these, these songs particularly, um, were worthwhile of escaping my voice memo portion of my iPhone. um, and so, yeah, it was, we're like nearly always writing, but this one, yeah, this was, this was finished in, uh, November and it's such finally seeing the light. So
0: I, one of my greatest fears in life is that I'm going to die and someone's going to get to go through my voice memos before
1: I delete them. That's I'm <laughs> interested to see. There's some dark shit in my voice memos. <laughs> There's one like thing I don't know what to do with once I was, um, sitting on like a back porch. Um, I had just gotten this Casio keyboard and I was really into fucking around with this. It was probably like five, six months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, so I turned on like the, here's that thing, Click. Yeah. They have this like, Click has this really cool song called Sucker and they do this live video of it where like they have the electronic drums playing a lot like, you know, old, old Friends, the live video, the acoustic video for that by Pine Grove.
2: Just yeah.
1: like, I love the idea of like an electronic drum set really not adding much to the song except for <laughs> pacing. Yes. So I had it like, it like, like, really slow, and this bird just started, like, tweeting at, like, every time one hit. (laughs) So, like, it would be a whole thing, it would be like, (laughs) and then, like, and, like, the bird would squeak, and it would be, like, I played this song, just, like, went with it for, like, three minutes, and the bird is tweeting on every, the first beat of every measure. Perfect. It was crazy, so, (laughs) voice memo box is cool.
0: Mm. Now, to pull this around to, like, what this EP is about, so... A little backstory. So the first time I heard the EP, I, I honestly had to shut it off because it's like, it's almost like when you read a like it's almost felt like I was reading your diary and you didn't want me to read your diary because I was I was yeah. like it's, it's like uncomfortably personal at times.
1: I that's what I want. That's if you can the power of making people uncomfortable with music is one of those incredible powers. You yeah,
0: have. definitely.
1: Um, I you know there's been sets where we'll just straight up feedback for like five minutes. <laughs> and I think that that there was this there's this one drummer who plays in this this jazz avant garde jazz trio called The Bad Plus okay. named Dave King, and uh, he does a lot of I uh, love really cool conversations on his belief in, in in music, and he talks about you know like you're supposed to what's going this drum solo and he's like you don't know how much power you have as a musician to the listener, um, so he was talking about how he, he they were doing this cover he went into a drum solo, and he just stopped started humming. The melody from Where the Lion Sleeps Tonight into his floor, Tom. And he was like, Two minutes in, people are like, What's going on? Like, five minutes in, people are starting to boo. Like, 10 minutes in, people are leaving. And you're still just humming Where the Lion Sleeps into your floor, Tom. He's like, 20 minutes later, the promoter's next to you. Like, What are you doing? Your bandmates have got off the stage. 40 minutes later, you're still humming Where the Lion Sleeps Tonight in your floor, Tom. And the room is empty. And then you get up, and that's it. And that's the power of music is to do whatever you want. And I think that I'd like to take it a very personal angle where I think that it's important that anything I write, I don't want to like fabricate and make sound prettier. I mean, like, obviously inherently there is that in music because there's a guitar and there's a melody. So obviously it's more than just more than just words, Mm -hmm. but I would rather, you know, say something that like was immediately representative of my thought process at the moment, rather than dressing it up any other way than it would be. So it gets like it does get and for a long time and for many i'm often too late now but there was a time period when we the record of the planet where i was like you know i really don't want this to be out because sometimes you get too personal but then and it, it talks about a lot of things that i had difficulty singing you know what i mean let alone maybe hearing back or having someone tell me that it wasn't good enough or that i was contrived in what i was doing and and it's So strange now that if I'm being as honest as possible, sometimes people still think that like, uh, you know, just like complaining. And it's like, yeah, sure, you can call it complaining, but I'm just straight up telling you what's going on in my life. And that's cool. And everyone has their opinions on on what they want um, to take out of music. And I super respect that. But it is, it is, this one is definitely, and I I think that the rest of them were working on a new old gray record too. And that is, I would say more personal than this, EP, or just as personal, because I feel like I couldn't get more personal. <laughs> um, and the new, so we're working on is the same way, I think that there is a lot about being honest that you can hear between You're Gonna Miss It All on Holy Ghost, especially on Modern Baseball, then like, just opening that up, and it's become so much more real and more tangible, so mm-hmm. if the listener wants to take something away, or just for myself, because mm-hmm. I'm a selfish songwriter, and I'm only really writing for me.
2: Yeah.
1: Um, and the ability that someone else may take away from a similar situation that I've been in that they've been in is, is, is beautiful and more than I could ever ask for. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it's, I think that was an intention was to make you uncomfortable because you were listening to exactly the shit I'm going through and continue to i guess
0: yeah, yeah i made it through the first two tracks fine what did it for me was force and it it pulled me back for starters the first thing it brought to mind was uh was early bright eyes fevers and mirrors cuz it sounds totally like a fevers and mirrors b side has that production yeah. style where it's kind of like live and loose and you C- connor just kind of seems to be going about his thing in this case, you. <laughs> um, but it, uh, I had a friend. I I had one friend. Like my my closest friend died a long time know. ago. And when when he died, bring it back to voice memos. The one thing that I still have of him is like I got his phone after he died, and he had recorded all these random voice memos to himself when he was sick. He died of sickness. And so all I have of him now are. But there were things I'd never heard before, and it was like getting to like have another conversation with this person. Where it
1: was like, yeah, holy shit! Yeah, go ahead. It's, it's wild. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. This, uh. On the old gray, Moon kind of part split that we did, there's a song called an epitaph.
2: Mm-hmm. I don't know if
1: you remember, I played another band called Old Gray, and uh, there was a uh, and and the song an epitaph is about the kid who taught me how to play guitar. He passed away when we were in eighth grade um, from that bacterial meningitis, like overnight. And I started playing in his band as in his place and everything. I think I've done since then has been because of him, and if not because of him, he's been with me. Doing it all, and in that song, I found a YouTube video of him. He used to do magic tricks a lot. Found a YouTube tri- video of him doing a magic trick, talking about disappearing, um, and I took that and ripped the audio and put it in the song.
2: Because
1: uh, well, you, I don't know if you're familiar, Pansy on the teeth they have a song called "Cripple Can't Shiver" that does yeah. the same thing, and, and it, I think that is super powerful. And I, I guess I kind of want to immortalize. Mm maybe you know, maybe no one listens to the song ever again, but like I have something tangible with his voice on it that remains. So it's definitely hard and I don't listen to that song ever. <laughs> but but uh it's there. Yeah, I, I think that the voice memo thing and being able to hear the voice of a, someone past is weird it's really crazy
0: it, it's it's super surreal and in my case my guy wasn't a musician but he was a writer and he had all these voice memos of like pitch ideas so i just started pitching his ideas i was like but well, some of these might work so like that was my way to honor him was to be like these some of them were really dumb though like they were because they're personal you know how voice memos are yeah, you know, yeah, like, yeah it's like listening to a person have a conversation with themselves they're just dumb. yeah
1: no, that's awesome and you gotta it's important that the people who pass in our lives that we continue to live with them in mind and with mm-hmm. them by our side yeah and like n- n- be the continuation of their life lost, and I think that was a big thing for me was realizing rather than I want to see this person, I want to disappear, I want to take my life, I want to go and be with them where they are now. Mm. I realize that I have a life worth living, and they added day and anything I can do to help continue their life or something they may, I know they'd be fucking proud of me for doing that I want to do those things. I've missed a fair share of funerals and wakes being on tour and it's killed me not to fly home, but I knew those people would be like, are you kidding me? Like you're doing the only thing you talked about all through high school. Yeah. Like why I, I want you to do that. And so I, it's, uh, I, my, I just found out today that my aunt, uh, who's definitely, and she was like 98 She passed this morning and she had a very, very full life and, 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 She, it was, she's a great person, but she was the only other musician in my family. And, uh, the question was posed, like, should I fly home for her services? And my parents were like, we'd love you to, but you know that she would rather you be doing what you love and passionate about what you're doing and continue on that musical part of your life. And so it's important to do those things. And I know my friends would would have kicked my ass if I flew home and left the tour with the emotion to soundtrack or, or, Whatever band we used to listen to that i have the incredible opportunity to play with now yeah um so it's yeah it's, it's it's definitely a tough spot but yeah that that song the fourth song came from that i was i just found out my friend cody had passed we were spending a day in the redwoods on a day off from a tour and i was like a wreck and i just like disappeared in the woods and walked around for like seven hours i think probably like not seven hours i couldn't walk for seven hours probably like two hours but like super up beaten path and like i was trying to like write and I like couldn't, and like my girlfriend had written me a note, so I read that, and I was just like all over the place because I hadn't read it yet on tour, and it was a lot. It was a long day, so I I couldn't like write or like form words because my head was in the wrong place. so I just started like walking around and putting my voice memo, on just talking, and hoping I could extract some stuff for later, maybe something I could make sense of when I was in a better place. But then I heard one of the voice memos that I did, and was like, well, this, I think this this is fine the way it is i think that this is i i want this to just be the thing released because i think it's very raw and very real and i think that that's super important so
0: yeah. yeah it is it is weird when you get like i know you're out of college now too i am as well it, it is weird as you start getting into this a little bit older just just later half of the 20s you really start to like people in your family start to die off and your your friends start to die off and it's a weird place to be especially when you're one of those when you are that guy who had all the dreams in your hometown you've gotten to like see them realized and now there's that catch 22 of like do i keep chasing them or do i pause to like grieve with my family yeah. and friends that's a yeah, hard place.
1: It's, it's it's definitely it's definitely a weird place to be in, and not a place that I even ever thought I would be in. You know what I mean? Exactly. And uh but, you know, here I am and we're doing the best we can to It's a day most and memories of what we can and and remember I just try and tell everyone I can that I care about them. You never know what's gonna happen. And exactly. You never know which if you're gonna be in Lawrence, Kansas, or you're gonna be in Tampa, Florida, or you're gonna be in Austin, Texas and you gotta, you gotta just try and, the yeah. I don't know. It's it's definitely hard and it's very difficult to comprehend. But yeah. I we're we're trying our best.
0: Yeah. No. It it there's no like you said. There's no definitive answer. The best you can do is try not to have a complete existential meltdown and yeah. and keep going. Exactly, <laughs> I, I, like, I I'm engaged, so I'll wake my fiance up at like one in the morning with like some crazy existential crisis as a result of all of this, and she's just like, "Breathe, yeah. calm down, <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay sane." Uh, yeah. <laughs> um. So, oh, I, I, I'm curious because I've, I've read where you've said how you write kind of selfishly. You write for yourself a lot of the time, but after yeah. given the last year of sorority noise, which has been as good a year as almost any band could really hope for in terms of like critical acclaim, fan acclaim, so on and so forth. Have you Thank reached you a, so much. Do you feel a point of like responsibility at this point where it's like, we have to keep going or we have to keep this message that we're kind of sending out into the world going? You
1: know, I that actually has been a thought in my head. And I have a lot of bands I play in and, and a number of outlets yeah. that I have for music. And I, as I'm writing, I definitely... And, and sometimes people ask, like, how do you pick which project something goes for? And I think... Just over like this past year, I do think it's important that with like the songs I released in Suburban Noise, it is imperative that I make sure that like, you know, I want to, I don't want to talk about death negatively, and at least this band, yeah, I want it to be okay because it's the band I learned where it was okay, and so I want to continue that. And I I I talk, we talk every now and like after a set or or we'll be hanging out and some people will come and talk about like a certain song that meant something to them and it's every time it's someone told our merch guy or someone like that the other day after we talked that like cam's acting like it was the first time someone talking about his music and literally every time it's always crazy i someone came to me to talk about my music when we were in london and it was i just like couldn't even speak because i was like you know who uh, you know it's, it's very difficult to comprehend um and but i do think that with this band at least i do want to try my best and I think it is important to keep somewhat of a positive message up because this makes me feel most comfortable in a positive space, and it's one of my greatest releases as a band, and I just think it's important that I... Yeah, I I don't... I mean, obviously, it might not go that way, but I'm I'm doing my best because I do think it's important Mm. to keep up some element of positivity, even if it's, like, 90% rough. At least some glimmer of and some semblance of hope is what I would love to at least put into each one of the songs that we do here.
0: No, I'm glad to hear that, because it's it's always interesting to me, a band like yours, because you don't you in no way ask to become like a poster boy for this sound or this thought or this idea, but you're kind of like thrust upon this thing. And then everyone's like, okay, well now they're this band. Like this is what they stand for and this is who they are. And when I hear this EP like that, there are things that are similar about it, but it's still so deeply personal that I have to wonder, like, do they even listen to all of that? Or is there... Is... I
1: mean, I try not to. And obviously, and when I'm writing a song, I do not think of it. Yeah. But I think that if there's a song with it, that I write that there, like, maybe it will become an old Grey song. You know what I mean? Maybe it'll become a solo song that I plan on releasing later, or maybe it'll make the cut, or maybe it'll just stay with me forever. Um, So... I'm not thinking about it when I'm writing, but if a song comes out of, is born of that ideal, it's probably going to be located into a record I do with this band.
0: No, I, sound, I like that. It I, In that American Songwriter interview, you talk a lot about um, people liking using and how people are really kind of attracted to using. And my, whenever someone brings that song up to me, I and you kind of mentioned, you tease this yourself, like, it always amazes me the power of a well-timed key change. Dude.
1: Like, right? Yeah. It's just crazy. That song, yeah. It's (laughs) that when uh, we wrote that, so we started writing that song when uh, Kevin and Jason were the original drummer and bassist for in the band, and I showed it to them. And we played it through, there was no key change. And they were just like, yo, half step modulation is going to really ice the cake on this one. (laughs) And I was (laughs) like, okay. And then we spent the next, like, hour figuring, because I'm not a good singer. We spent the next hour figuring out how I could, like, which chord would lead. And they're, because they're both brilliant musicians, they play in this band called Queen Moo. Jason plays in Mask, and uh, they play in Sanders too. And who I mentioned in that interview as well, I think both some of the most incredible songwriters and and very, very lucky to play with them in the band that at the time that I did, I continued to follow them on everything they do, but they were the ones that were like, yo, half step key change. And I was like, sure. (laughs) So that's how it went. Maybe we won't do any more ever again. Maybe that was just the one, but I was listening to, uh, Everything Means Nothing by, uh, I think that's the name of the record, by Manchester Orchestra in the van today. Yeah. And uh, one of the songs also, I think it was, was, no, I got a friend, I think it was Shake It Out, maybe my friend Marcus. There's a song with a key change also, and I was like, yeah. Because there's that one Michael Jackson song he did for Free Willy where there's five key changes.
0: Uh, I don't ever want
1: to touch that, but I can see three. Three could be possible.
0: That that Michael Jackson song for Free Willy is crazy good, though. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy not Crazy good. <laughs> it's still a classic. It's Outlook's yeah. Free Willy, which was a
1: classic. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I don't think Kids Today will ever get an animal movie like that, but that's a whole other story.
1: <laughs> not quite not quite as a story, as Free Willy. No, it's, it's different. Or Balto, though. for that matter. You know Balto is the greatest film of all time? Of course. <laughs> yeah, in cinema, they actually talk about a time pre-Balto and post-Balto when they talk about film. Like, oh, did that, that, when did that movie come out? I'm like, ah, oh, it's a post-Balto film. And it's a huge barometer for film.
0: So let me ask you this, man. At this point in your <laughs> career, <laughs> at this point in your career, when you when you've got joy to part of such a big thing, you've got this record out that's super personal for sorority noise specifically. Like, is there are there like goals you hope to reach with the band? Is there something that you feel like you're working towards, or at this point, is it more about kind of nurturing this community you've created?
1: We've done absolutely everything I could have ever imagined doing in my life. I am. Yeah, like I, I say I'm grateful, and I truly, truly am. Like I cannot comprehend, like, the things... I mean, I got to front Motion city soundtrack and cover a Nirvana song in July. I got to go to London and play some sold-out shows with my best friends. I got to put a record out. Records I've done have sold out or gone out of press. Like, there's nothing... At this point, I've fulfilled, like, things that I wanted to do when I was in eighth grade and when I was sixteen. Yeah. And, I mean if Sword was a metalcore band, all of my sixteen year old dreams would be come through. <laughs> true. But we're not a metal band. So <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I truly I don't know what we're shooting. Now we're just we just fucking love music and I love music. So we're just gonna continue to do it as long as we can and but no side set specifically. I would love to continue to push myself as a songwriter and continue to push my bandmates as musicians and have them continue to push me and have my friends who write music continue to push me. And I would love to help contribute to being something in their life that they use to push themselves. And, but other than that, there's no festival I would love to play. There's no band that would make my life if we toured them. Obviously. Yeah. Like there is, but like nothing specific. If we, if I don't know if, and like Modest Mouse was like, you want to go on tour? Like, obviously I would freak the fuck out. But True. at this point, I'm so grateful for everything that's come and just continually in awe of what continues to come. We have mm-hmm. plans till December. You know what I mean? I have this, like, I graduated college in May of last year and I have almost this whole year planned out for the rest of it. So it's just like, wow, like there's some sense of stability and instability and I'm, I that's the real kicker.
0: Yeah, the st- stability in entertainment, and I've, I've recently hit a similar place in my like my personal career in music, but it, it is a weird place because you're like, those 16-year-old dreams, like when you were hard into like, music is my thing, then you do all those things and you're like, crap, like, what what am I working towards now? I mean, I can, I can keep working, but towards, like, to what end? It, it's a weird 100%. place to find yourself.
1: Yeah, no, I just, now I just want to continue to push myself and, 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 and really write, really find myself in being able to write the best music I can and and be the best person I can on top of that. Now, it's constantly about improving your character and, and not only the music, but being a better person and, and being someone that you wish you were. And I am constantly working on that. So, yeah, it becomes more of a personal thing. And But the overarching thing, yeah, we are, have been so unbelievably fortunate. So, yeah, I there's not much more I could ask.
0: Yeah, it's not. It's a weird thing to complain about, right? To be like, "Oh, I've, yeah. I've achieved all my dreams. Woe is me."
1: <laughs> no, exactly. I, I just like. I just want. Yeah, I just got to keep going on and and keep, maybe making, making it making it the best it can be.
0: Yeah, trying to find a way to do better,
1: whatever yeah. whatever that means. Yeah.
0: Fair enough, man. So you guys, so you guys are on tour right now. You've got what five, six more shows going, coming up.
1: Yeah, five. You probably know that better than the band members. Uh, <laughs> five, six shows left. Yeah, we got uh, six including tonight. Right now we've got Ottawa, Toronto, Buffalo, and Columbus. So yeah, this is the yeah. five, five, five shows left.
0: Five, yeah. And then I'm I'm counting Bloodfest, but that's next month. That's that's for Blood rolling. feast. Blood feast. Yes, blood feast. I'm from uh, I'm remember, from Michigan. I know Bloodfest.
1: <laughs> oh heck yeah. The uh first time I went I've been to every Bloodfest for the past four years. That's crazy. Um the first time I went, Old Grey was on tour with Caravels and yep. Pond okay. and we didn't get asked to play. We just went. <laughs> and the world just put us on their guest list and we just went and hung out and it was great. And the world is like was really cool of them. They fucking moved some of their like merch to the side and let us put some merch on the on the table and, and kind of made it a day like we didn't like. It wasn't just like a day lost. It was actually really, it was really cool. And it was the first time we ever played, uh, or we just like went to that festival and the next year Old Grey we got asked to play and then Sororiners played the year after that. And then both of us are playing this year. Hopefully at completely different times.
0: <laughs> Hopefully. You're running Someone from Someone tweeted like,
1: I would be so bummed if sorority and Old Grey played the same time at Bloodfest. I think I like quoted it, retweeted it. It was like, shame. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds really stressful.
0: That's your nightmare right there.
1: It's <laughs> literally a
0: nightmare. <laughs> um, I mean, that's a good—that's a good thing to move into, like the end here. Like, what is? How is it? As sorority noises gotten more and more high profile, how has it been trying to keep everything kind of balanced? Is it impossible? You just kind of got to go with the flow, or what do you do to keep yourself level on everything?
1: Uh, what do you mean by that? Like,
0: just engaged with it. Like, do you feel like you're given able to do as much with Old Gray as you were a year ago before oh, all of this? Oh, definitely not. Steam- yeah. Okay. that's kind of where um, I was going. Like, how's that? How has Charlie, that been for you?
1: Charlie's the other member of Old Gray and uh, he plays the word noise, so we kind of sure. just like, it's not like I'm bailing on the band, we're just both like, alright, well, we're doing this one, and then <laughs> we, we booked, we're we recording a new uh, LP with Old Gray um, in the coming month, right after Bloodfest, which is really exciting, um, so, and we'll hopefully have that out and be able to do some stuff, and, and play some shows with that, and um, yeah, <laughs> so, it's hard to balance, but like, I'm constantly writing, it's just a matter of allocating time, and energy into individual bands but being charlie's the only other member of old gray he's in sword noise it works out pretty easily he does not feel like i'm taking any attention away from him because he's just as involved in both bands as i am
0: Uh, i mean i would like to see what happens if if the next old gray record has the effect of joy departed for you then you're really going to be in a pickle
1: i quite a pickle (laughs) i don't know i I think Uh, it's it's, i've definitely demoed out is like i would say it's I'm for it. not accessible <laughs> <laughs> Fair, <laughs> so it, it might be a little more of an alienated audience of people that want it and may be able to take something away from the record but nonetheless I'm excited to work on it
0: <laughs> I'm excited to hear what you guys come up with next I mean I love sorority noise old gray was my first love before I got into sorority noise so like that's Thanks. that's what I'm well thank you I'm so much to. So like secret low key, I'm like, so when are we getting back to that? But I'm excited about the sorority noise.
1: Well, we'll have to get on the horn again when I when we yeah. work on that record, we'll talk about it afterwards. Oh, totally.
0: We'll go we'll deep dive into old gray. Sweet. <laughs> I don't want to keep you for too long, man, but I do appreciate all this. What do you hope? Last question about the record though, what do you ultimately with this specific EP being that it is so personal, what do what do you hope people take away from it?
1: Me personally? Yeah. I kind of was hoping that, I guess this is a weird realization I had today. I was hoping there would be more closure, to be honest. I was hoping that releasing these songs, begrudgingly or grudgingly, um, would provide me a little closure in the topics that I, I, I write about on the record. But I just I can't stop writing about that part, this portion of my life. So, you know, as the record may come out, I have. Six, seven songs that I've written in the time since those are recorded, delving in deeper into those topics and talking more about losing friends and, and and bettering my own life at the same time. So I I was hoping that I would get more closure out of it, but it's okay. And I so I'm going to continue to to work on it and and then write and and dig deeper into the actual like how I feel about it until I, there's an element of full understanding. But I was hoping to get more closure, but unfortunately uh, the conversation and the, and the idea still remain a focal point of my life. Um, but I, I do, I do the back of the record has some, like it, it brings up the people who were in my mind when I was writing it, just hoping to like something to make them proud. You know what I mean? And hoping that the song is something the songs are something that they would be grateful to have been recognized in, or, um, and that's a fear I have. It's very uncertain fear that maybe my friends, that I'm not doing the best I can to honor their memory. But I think that I am doing the best I can. So I think it's important that this was important for me because it was a big step in the direction towards understanding life and death and suicide and my own personal struggles. So it's constantly, a constantly, a one step forward, one step backwards, three steps forward, four steps backwards scenario. But I'm working on it, and I think that this EP definitely helped uh, me figure a little bit more about myself as a person.
0: That's good to hear, man. It's a process. It's not a. It's not an overnight. Thing.
1: It is. Yeah. It's definitely. Yeah. It's definitely a process.
0: F, it's more an ongoing process, really. I don't think there's an end.
1: Oh, there won't be. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Until until you die yourself. Uh, we are taken into the. We black nothingness.
0: Yeah, yeah. The big sleep, as they say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, yeah, before we dive down that rabbit hole and just depress people for the last twenty minutes. <laughs> 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 um well, that's that's episode two. We'll we'll go on our existential rants next time.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, man. Well, I hope you have a good good time in Syracuse tonight. For that
1: <laughs> interview, it has to be scheduled like
0: a.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to do it late. Late. (laughs) When you guys have, like, a long night drive somewhere, we'll do it. Yeah, I'll
1: call you. I'll be on the brink of whatever, (laughs) whatever thing i have going on and we'll just scream at each other we'll just
0: we'll just work it out
1: we'll just work it out (laughs) hell yeah man thank you so much for having me it was great to talk to you today
0: no man it was so fun to talk to you i've been i've been looking forward to this for a while i'm excited to see how people relate to the ep and hopefully when you guys i I just moved to minneapolis so when you guys roll through minneapolis i'll see you sweet
1: that sounds great
0: all right dude have a great day awesome you have a great one too all right
2: bye bye